This is John with Ubaldi Reports, the one website that provides fact, not fiction, on issues facing America, whether globally or um, domestically. And this is coming from two combat veterans um, who've served in Iraq and Afghanistan. And we do also have another Marine. wasn't in combat, but he was a Marine nonetheless and a veteran, a good guy named Ray. So he knows everything about the gun issues because he's a gunsmith by trade. So he knows a lot about those issues. And that kind of, sad to say, played a big issue what happened in Texas. But today we're going to be talking about Memorial Day, remembering those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. I know Joe and myself and even Ray know people that didn't make it back. And I, when I was in Iraq, I went to 45-plus funerals of Marines and sailors and soldiers mm-hmm. who made the ultimate sacrifice and didn't make it back. So how's it going, Joe? Great, John. How are you? I am doing well. All right. So I guess we're just going to, what, just talk some war stories here? or well, we'll talk about war stories, but I think people Maybe. first need to understand, and I mentioned this on a radio program I got on this morning. Yeah. And I said this on Monday. Memorial Day is, we always thank the veterans, okay? But Memorial Day is bigger than that. Um, you have the three v- veteran holidays. That the, the two are in May. The first one being, which was last Saturday, which was Armed Forces Day. In Armed Forces Day, you want to thank all the vets, all those who are serving in the armed forces today. Mm-hmm. Thank them for their service, their sacrifice to serve and protect our freedoms today. Veterans Day thanks all the veterans who, um, who had served and are currently serving. So it's kind of a collective thing. And that kind of reminds it was based off the the ending of World War One on the eleventh hour, the eleventh day of the eleventh month in two thousand nineteen eighteen. Mm-hmm. Memorial Day is a very solemn day. I always, especially after I served in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. When I went to Afghanistan my first time, yeah, I was on a plane. I was on a C seventeen, and literally two feet from me was three dead Americans in coffins with flag draped coffins, and we were told. Out of respect, don't take any pictures, yeah. don't put anything on them, nor would we, but they just had to tell us that. So that was my first taste of combat. So it's not the 50% off sales over no, at No, it's a... not the 50% <laughs> off sale at the at Macy's. But, I mean, happy Memorial Day, John. Yeah, but, it's, <laughs> but people need to understand, that really hit home to me. I always remembered it because my dad used to tell me these things when I was a kid, but... Prior to my service in, our, in Afghanistan and Iraq, that's when I really got to hear or got really understood what Memorial Day was. Those three bodies are someone's son. Yeah. I mean, at the time, there was no, it wasn't any female. I knew that because it was from a plane crash that um, happened in Afghanistan. So there's was somebody's brother, there was somebody's son, or they somebody's father. Some child is not going to have a father anymore because their their father died. Then when I went to Iraq in 2005, I went to well over 45 different funerals. And I kept the the, the funeral announcement, I guess you call it, or the program for those funerals. Mm-hmm. Some were as many as six in one day. Some were as young as 18. Some had children, young children at that, because, I mean, war is a young man's game. So I think back to... That child is not going to have their father come home, or their daughter, I mean, or a young girl is not going to have their dad's going to walk her down the aisle or be there when she goes to her first dance. Yeah. Or a wife is not going to have that eternal companion for the rest of her life 
because he died in combat. And we need to understand this isn't a sale at the the, the auto dealership or the the supermarkets or this is the first kickoff to, for the barbecue. I think everybody needs to understand those white crosses mean something. We were given freedom for a reason, but freedom has has a cost. Well, yeah. Usually, people associate Memorial Day with like kicking off the summer. Exactly. And you know they, they should be looking at it a little bit uh, differently, especially now, just coming out of a twenty year twenty year war. Exactly, and that's the other thing is we've come out of twenty years of war, and the goal the um, to the lesser degree the Gulf War, but the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, the war on terror was pretty much isolated for most Americans' thought process. I mean, okay, we go to the airport, you got to take your shoes off. We're inconvenienced a little bit, but most of the vast majority of Americans never sacrificed mm-hmm. during that period, unless you served the country or unless you joined the military, whether active or reserved, then you were impacted by it. So this was really the first long-term war the United States has been in where majority of America was immune from the sacrifices for that war. Mm-hmm. And I just want people to understand that we have our problems in this country, and I'm not going to gloss over them. We have racism out there. We have homelessness. We have economic despair, which we're going on now. But if you look around the world, tell me what country's better. I mean, I don't see, okay, we may criticize, and we have said this, about people streaming across the southern border mm-hmm. by the hundreds of thousands. Does anybody see people streaming across the border into China? Does anybody see people streaming across the border into Russia or into Europe? But they always come on to come here. Every problem around the world, people would kill to come here. Mm-hmm. And I hate to use that term in a in a harsh term, but I remember the interpreters when I was in Iraq, they wanted us to sign letters so they have the ability to come to America. Yeah. So we may have our problems, but we are far better, the best country this the, the world has ever seen and probably will ever seen, and most Americans need to understand that. And we haven't really sacrificed as a nation, I would say, since the end of World War II. So a uh, question for Ray would be, what do you do on Memorial Day? Like, I mean, we, I think we all have our little, our own thing that we yeah, do. I agree. But what do you do on Memorial Day? I pretty much, when I get up, I would throw something on social media as a remembrance to the six guys I know. And then, honestly, I try to go through the day how we would spend our time. What we, what would we do on, a, like, a weekend or something? And, yeah, like have you know, a beer. Have a beer, oh. burger, stuff like that. Okay. But uh, first thing would be to always throw something out that would be in a remembrance to them before I, before I continued my day. Yeah. Now, what do you do, Joe? What? What? Because you were over in Iraq. And yeah. There was somebody that was. No, I mean a, a lot of people, and it's just kind of maybe like a time to reflect, but also almost being in that situation myself. I was just kind of. It's a good time to kind of like enjoy the time you have with your family members and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not really much of a poster. I don't really post a lot of things. It just seems, I guess, would be in my view, like cliche, just. Happy Memorial Day because that's what Facebook just looks like, especially when majority of your friends on Facebook or military yeah, uh, and veterans. Like, that's like um, 
with the Marine Corps ball is on the tent. And yeah. You, you get inundated <laughs> by Marine stuff, and they said, wait till tomorrow when it's Veterans Day. So, but I think we'll spend some time with friends, family, maybe a burger or stuff like that. Maybe even go to the beach or hang out by the pool. Yeah, I mean, I I'll do the same. The I don't same. think it's supposed to be solemn, but it's just kind of like I just yeah. maybe enjoy the things that you have because of those people that sacrifice. I would agree with that. I just think people need to understand we get to do the things we get to do. Yeah, because people, those military personnel, gave the ultimate sacrifice mm -hmm. because we get to do that. Now I'm was the job I currently hold now. I don't work at Chick Fil A anymore, which is a good thing. Because now I can spend doing a little more time on the business, but I work at another job. It's a, re in a in a retail sector dealing with stuff with equipment for law enforcement and c civilians and things. But there was a gentleman that came in. His uncle was he um, was ninety four years old at the time. This is a couple of years ago. His uncle passed on, but his uncle had a bucket list, mm -hmm. and one of the things on his bucket list is he wanted to go back to France. And be walk the beaches of Omaha Beach because he served in the first wave at Omaha Beach. Now, that is crazy. Now he was he had to go in a wheelchair at some point because it's hard to get up the hill. Mm -hmm. Because obviously when you're 94, it's a little difficult to come up the hill. You're not running with a <laughs> rifle anymore. Yeah. But I was just taken aback and thinking because I know I love history to understand what it was like to or couldn't imagine what it was like to run the beaches of Omaha. Now, early in my military career, I was stationed on Guam, which was the site of one of the horrific battles of World War II when we took back American territory. So I was all over that island, and I just shudder to think, what was it like being an 18-year-old Marine mm -hmm. landing on Guam? or something another gentleman sat next to him and he goes so um where did you where did you come from i goes oh i spent the last a couple hours ago i was in vietnam mm -hmm. 
So as time everything settled down, that gentleman hits the button, the call button, stewardess or the flight attendant comes up and he goes, could you please move me? He goes, is there a problem? He goes, I don't want to sit next to this gentleman. Oh. And that was his experience with coming back from Vietnam. And there's are people that sacrificed everything so we can have the freedom we do. Now, people can take that and mean, well, other countries have freedom, but not other countries, not other peoples of the world look to the United States for the moral leadership. Yeah, I mean, like we, this guy back here, he wanted to move his seat because he was sitting next to a Vietnam veteran. And like now our like biggest concern is I don't want to sit next to this person because they have a Trump T-shirt or exactly. not wearing a mask. <laughs> yeah, they're not wearing a mask. But I mean, I just think look at all the freedoms that we enjoy. I mean, every part of the world I was in that was horrific, like Afghanistan and Iraq, those people want to get here. We have the freedom of religion, the press, the, all the things that were afforded, we have it here. And maybe we've gotten so, if you look at history is ripe, where powerful nations like Rome, mm-hmm. Alexander, the, the, the British, all succumbed at some point and for different reasons. But America was always unique. America never had evil designs on anybody as much as I know I'm going to get hit hard on that. We never really had an empire com- compared to other empires like the British, the French, yeah. the Russian, all these other ones. We didn't dominate. I mean, take World War II. My dad always mentions this. And my dad served in the Italian Navy during the war. Well, your dad has an interesting story. Correct. Too. Yeah. But he has a different perspective. Mm-hmm. He fought against America. And he immigrated to America, and they embraced him. Yeah. That's why he was proud when we joined the military. But what he also made a, a point is, after the end of the Second World War, no other country had the largest army, had the largest navy. Half of all ships around the world were American flagged. Mm-hmm. And the United States was the only country that had the atomic bomb. So what did the United States do? It rebuilt the the economies of the world, including our two uh, enemies or three enemies, Italy, Germany, and Japan. And we disarmed. We went from the largest army into the world and disarmed. And that played a havoc when we went into the Korean War. Mm -hmm. But by disarming, think about if the relationship was flipped. What happens if Russia came out of the war with the largest army, the largest navy, and the only country for the next three or four years that had the atomic bomb. Do you really think they wouldn't have used that yeah. or threatened the use if they didn't succumb to the – well, we didn't. So we kind of reflect on the people that maybe have sacrificed their life for the country while engaged in combating war, but we also have to reflect on those people that may have made it back from war, but you know, it just kind of overwhelmed them where – they ended up taking you know, their life. And that's like a byproduct of war when something like that happens. No, I agree. Coming back from the war in Afghanistan and Iraq, I did see a lot of that. A, a few of the Marines I knew, they didn't take their life, but the war became part of them and they died of it. Yeah. The demons. In the Because people think the war is like the Hollywood movies. Now, the only thing that I think was correct, that everybody always said, and I don't, you can tell me if I'm wrong if you didn't experience it, when you're in combat and you're getting shot at, you don't think about your friends, your family. You don't think about country and the flag. 
you think about your fellow Marine, at least for both of us. Yeah. We were in the Marines. That's the guy left and right to you. Yeah, because I remember we were attacked, and, and I was at the, this government center building in Ramadi in Iraq, and we were hit for a couple hours. And we I had two Marines outside because I was inside the building. I was trying to run outside to make sure they were all right. Mm-hmm. But that's who I was. I wasn't thinking about myself. I wasn't thinking about, well, the flag and rah, rah. That wasn't what I was thinking. I was thinking about those two Marines who were outside. So that was the one thing when they say that, you think about your buddies to the left and the right more so than you think about yourself than you don't think about your country at that point. Well, yeah, it was kind of like the same rolling up on a, in a situation in Iraq where the building was on fire. There were smoke bellowing out of it. It's probably mixed with some kind of chemical ether where, where it was just almost impossible to breathe and there were just a ton of marines just running into that building with it without knowing what's going to happen or how they're gonna like handle it and they're just dragging marines out and they're not even thinking twice about their own like their their own their own self their own being their own self they just yeah it's just like those who get the who are awarded the congressional medal of honor Mm mm-hmm it's always goes to those who it's above above the above the call of duty that the person who didn't do it were not responsible for not acting in a certain way and every one of those individuals are very humble that and they were told once they received the medal of honor from the president that the medal of honor is not yours alone it's never yours mm-hmm. it's for those who didn't make it back and those who were never recognized for the heroic actions, because not everybody gets recognized for heroic actions. Yeah, I'm so pretty it's, it's, pretty sure the last person that wants a Medal of Honor is the actual person getting the Medal of Honor. Correct. <laughs> they're, very, they're very humble, and they realize, I'm getting something that maybe somebody else wasn't recognized. Yeah. Or somebody that didn't make it back, and their families would rather have their child back mm-hmm. than have the Congressional Medal of Honor. And it's a very it's humbling, and I to to talk to someone. I met people that have lost their children from Iraq. Yeah, and it's very humbling. They're just what I mean. What do you tell to a parent that I mean? You're a parent. What would you do if something happened to your child? You don't want to go, but you never want to go before your child. Yeah, and I just can't imagine what they're going through. To deal with that, you can assuage their grief, you can talk about their child, you can do a lot of these things, but you cannot bring their child back. Well, with the, the Gold Star families, is that what they're called? Gold Star families. Yeah. And also, like, kind of doing what we do afterwards, like, we come across Marines and they're like nonprofits and organizations and stuff like that. And you're going to meet a couple of those people, even like one of the uh, person that you wrote to in your forward of your book was General Kelly. Who lost his son, son in Viet- and excuse me in Afghanistan? Yeah, and just something like that. He was a proud father. He was a Marine. His son was a Marine, and that ensued. And you know, God only knows how what he's going through. Yeah, because you want to be there for your children's success. You want to be there for your children's failures. You also want to be there when your children start families of their own. Yeah, and now. I mean, I can't remember if General Kelly, and just so everybody, our listeners know, General Kelly was the chief of staff for President Trump. So the things that he went through 
for the loss of a child. And I read his speech that he gave, and it was very powerful. If you get a chance, I think it was um, he spoke at the Semper Fi Club, I think it was in 2010, 2011, and it was very poignant about the sacrifice of his son and the sacrifice of hundreds of others or thousands of others. I think we lost about five, 6,000 through both wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And Memorial Day also isn't the time to score political points, whether you agreed with the war or not. It's to reflect on the sacrifice of these brave men and women. Mm-hmm. And I want to add in women did die. They died in Vietnam. They died in all our wars. But, I mean, we don't want to trivialize their sacrifice. They did a lot of sacrifices. I was in Iraq when a, I think a group of uh, female Marines were killed in Fallujah by a car bomb. Or, no, not a car bomb, a V-bit, which is a vehicle-borne explosive device. Mm-hmm. So we can't minimize their sacrifice. They're veterans. For me, they're Marines just like anybody else. And we should commemorate the, their losses. And what's it like for a father to lose a daughter in combat? Yeah. Or a mother to lose her daughter in combat? Well, the same even goes for the women who didn't even serve, but their husband served. And they had to all of a sudden raise a family without a husband as well. So, I mean, Correct. especially World War II when a bunch of men went on the draft and they stayed home in in the kitchen and they had to raise the families up and they didn't know the father or husband was getting home. So, I mean, that's a service in and of itself as well. Well, But it's not a military service. No, but it it is. And I know many families, especially in my church, because my church is located next to McDill Air Force Base. And one of the members of my congregation is a full bird colonel in the um, Army. He's a Green Beret. Serves out the one of the special operations commands on the base, and he has four daughters. And he told me many times he's missed holidays, birthdays, everything, and he spent many times, many months, in multiple deployments to Iraq, Afghanistan, and he he served some serious combat time. But I look at the sacrifice that you mentioned in World War II, mm-hmm. the woman who stayed back because her husbands went overseas. Well, back in World War II, you only waited for the mail to come. Mm-hmm. When I went to Af- Iraq and Afghan- excuse me, Afghanistan in 2002, there was mail, but there was also email. Then when I went to Iraq, you had email. The communications were getting better. They had phone centers, so you can communicate in almost real time to your family members back, back home. Then when I went to Afghanistan in 2011, excuse me, 2012, 10 years later, then they had Skype. So I was Skyping with family and friends. And now with all the communication devices, so you're in real time. You can do video through Zoom or you can do it through Skype or whatever you do. But I would think it might be even harder because you're seeing your loved one right away and then you got to turn it off. Mm -hmm. So you go through those pains all over again. But I just want people to know when you have this upcoming holiday to really remember and take a reflection back. You can still enjoy the holiday. You can have that barbecue. You can have that hamburger. You can go to the pool party. But take a time to, if you have children, time to remind them what this holiday is all about. That's the point I want to get with this TikTok live stream is We're not saying give up your holiday and just spend all day commemorating, but just spend a few moments reflecting and maybe teaching your family 
what this holiday is truly about. Yeah. And I think the kids would get a, a full appreciation of what this country stands for instead of what we're seeing now, where people are willing to tear down America instead of if America is torn down, what's going to replace it? Are we going to want the Chinese, the Russians, the Iranians, or any other group to to be the the dominant power? What would a world look like if China dominated and not the liberal economic and system that was set up by the United States to let the allies, to let freedom, to let democracy run um, its course around the world? Yeah. So I think that's good for... Right now, and I think uh, maybe we should just everybody just reflect on the day. And if you, if you just want to get a hold of us, go to ubaldireports.com and uh, you can listen to some other shows if you want any more information on yeah. how to get a hold of us. Yeah, you can go to the pod, uh, there's a link at the top of the website at ubaldireports.com. Just hit podcast and you can listen to all the other podcasts we do, or you can go to ubaldireports at gmail.com and I do look, look at it. That's ubaldireports at gmail.com. You can check us out on all our social media uh, platforms. We do live stream every Wednesday at 730-ish Eastern Standard Time on TikTok and other streaming services. Check us out at ubaldireports.com, and we'd like to hear from you. Until next time, keep listening to Ubaldi Reports. 